It's eight minutes before four o'clock. In conversation next with uh, Tulani Mavuso, who is the COO at the Department of Home Affairs. The Minister of Home Affairs, Dr. Aran Mutualeri, has amended the tariffs for South African passports and travel documents. According to him, the changes to passport and travel document fees were informed by the outcome of benchmarking exercise with other countries which found that South Africa's tariffs were up to three times lower. This is the first price adjustment since 2011. Tulani Mavuso now joining us on the line. Tulani, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. Outside of um, our tariffs being three times lower than the international benchmark, what necessitated these increases? Well, good afternoon and good afternoon to your listeners. Well, just to indicate that not only um, we did a benchmark, but the issue was that for many years, we have been actually subsidizing each passport that has been produced. Um, we, the production costs were just over 208, sorry, 580 rand mm. uh, to, to produce one passport, while we have been charging 400 rand for that. So this is where now we've been carrying out for, 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 for each passport for all these years. So part of the issue is that we have wanted to increase these tariffs uh, many years ago, um, but when we approached obvious national treasury, we, we, they were, the advice that we got was that we needed to have a scientific um, methodology that we follow um, in dealing with the price adjustment. Um, that is why we have also not adjusted the price for... Um, the, the the smart ID cards, uh, the birth certificates, because those are, are products that we are also able to subsidize citizens because the co- production cost of the smart card is over the, the 140 that we currently charge. But because of this, uh, we're giving that uh, to citizens to be able to do day-to-day transactions about going on their lives and improving, ensuring a social and, and economic inclusivity. We thought we should leave that product, but this one, because of uh, the, the the type of document that we we are, we are dealing with, just for travel papers, is not on, needed for any other um, papers, which is like a person going to school or a person going to mm. seek employment. But we we thought we should bring it much closer to what it costs us to produce it. Yeah. So, so does this mean that this is also done with the intention to make a profit out of a passport? No, we're not making a profit. I mean, uh, remember, the other costs that are in the production are not even factored in. Mm. I mean, remember, we've got technology that goes with it. We've got um, stuff that goes with it. All those things, we're not making profit out of it. So if I'm saying to you that over the years we've been, been paying 540 rand, so, sorry, 580 rand to produce one passport, and now we're saying that we're going to charge 600 rand. So obviously, it's an adjustment of about um, 200 rand per passport. But remember also, Passport is not an everyday document. Mm. Passport is valid for 10 years. So if you take that 200 rand increase and divide it by 10, you'll realize that the cost of the, the, in terms of the increase, um, it's not, a, it's not a, an exorbitant increase, as uh, I think uh, maybe other people assume that we're actually making a profit. There's no way. We, remember, we exist for public good. So we are not yeah. making profits on any product that we are saying. But what we are just saying is that we should be able to produce passport at a cost that actually we break even insofar as the production is concerned. Yes, other countries we have seen, they charge this price is like 3,500 you know, for passports. So South Africa really, I mean, even a person who is South African living abroad, whether you're living in London, whether a person lives in Dubai or, or, or in Cameroon, 
if South African apply for the passport in those countries, they still pay 400 rand. So, by the cost of bringing that application here, dispatching it back to the abroad, we carry that cost as government. So, so, so in the in the in the, in the bigger scheme of things, the the, the the production cost is still very very low. What we charge clients to be able to do that. Yeah, there's a quick uh, question here from one of our listeners. Says, um, Eldrin, my neighbor made an online passport application with APSA payment, but the bank doesn't do biometrics in Cape Town, and it doesn't provide an option to select appointment on the system. FNB call center says the FNB bank service is limited to their clients. How can she make a biometric appointment in Cape Town when the website isn't functioning? Do you have an answer for that? Well, I'm, I'm trying to understand whether, because remember, not all APSA branches, there are specific branches where you, you are able to, to, to make an appointment. But if she's saying that they've made an, a, a, a booking online, they're not able to select a slot, we'll have to just uh, follow up on that because the slot gets released um, every week and then people can be able to book slots for the banks that they have actually chosen. Unless, obviously, there's a specific issue um, that affects that particular client, we can then attend to it. Yeah, and of course, under the new regulations, it must be the individual who applied for the passport that is allowed to uh, uh, to to to, uh, to collect the passport. Yes, remember also um, the issue relating to uh, the protection of personal information. Um, we are uh, adhering to that particular legislation, but not only that, we are trying to ensure that the person who applies for a passport is a person who collects, so there's no third-party collection to avoid obvious uh, fraudulent transactions. Because this was obviously a mechanism that was created, you know, to make it easy for people to be able to collect passports. If they are not able to do so, they can delegate that particular responsibility. But I think we just were trying to ensure that we mitigate the issues of compliance with Popia, but also issues relating to fraudulent activities that might occur when people do this representation. Okay. And uh, there's another one here, um, um, but this one is on uh, travel. This one says, okay, proud to be African, says, can you please ask the Home Affairs guy, when are they going to finalize those applications for temporary permit renewal? Um, it's been a year since some people submitted those applications. Some people can't travel or use their bank account. Please ask. Well, uh, then the team from permitting, we, what we've done, actually, um, we set up a, a, a hub just here in our office to try and get additional officials from uh, the provinces because we had a, a bit of a deadlock um, at the beginning of this year uh, because some of the applications that we actually applied for in our missions abroad were brought into South Africa for adjudication. But um, the minister has since changed that particular process. So now, obviously, the clearing up of the deadlock um, is currently underway. So our expectation is that before the end of the financial year, meaning that by the end of March next year, we would have cleared the entire deadlock in relation to uh, the temporary residence papers. But in the process, what the minister has agreed is that those that have expired, and if there's a proof that somebody has applied for, they are renewed, mm. they can still travel because uh, the validity of those permits has been uh, extended. Thank you so much for your time. Tulani Mavuso, COO at the Department of Home Affairs. It's four o'clock.